All right. Well, once those oolong bucks hit our PayPal, I'll I'll, I'll start the episode. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I should be going through the through Venmo right now. From TMP to TTNG, for sure the care and those tired meme jeans. Hella can sell and the promise ring. Sunny day real estate and rights this spring. Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive. I constantly thank God for Algernon and Christy front drive Mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore This is episode 51 of the E-Word. This is Kyle. I'm in Madison. I'm it's joined. episode 57. Yeah, I was going to say 57. What did I say? 57. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Ellie, Austin, Texas, what's up? Dude, I've been so fucking depressed, like, this whole week. Like, we're going to get into it a little bit later, but I really do think that, like, social media, like, just the way that there's been nothing else to do but just be glued to your phone all day, like... I think that's that's really like what's causing a lot of this drama is just people like being depressed and like wanting to massage their dopamine receptors by just like staring at Twitter and getting likes and shit. But yeah, so I the the today is like the first day that I've like you know woken up and gotten gotten into my my routine and uh I I already feel like a lot better just like not sitting in bed browsing twitter for three hours it's fucked up so i'm doing good how are you <laughs> that was one of your best snl monologues <laughs> um i'm good i basically did what you did like about three weeks ago so i am mostly out of the loop on things and i just text you to find out what people are yelling <laughs> about whenever i log in to check out the e-word business um Fair. speaking of e-word business we've got Robbie and Vinny from the Oolong camp on the pod today. I just want to say thank you for uh, the very generous sum of seven thousand dollars that you paid us to come on this podcast. It was, it was. I mean, you can say dollars in Oolong bucks that transfers to around nine point five k Oolong bucks. Word. Um, we have. I mean, that's how we work. Astroturfing <laughs> is the only way that uh, you this make is, it in DIY. This, this is Vinny speaking right now, and we also have Robbie. Vinny, you want to? They, I mean, I feel like we should say our location because they say their location. Oh yeah, true, yeah. true. Y'all are yeah, in the same location. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, yeah, that's well, fair. Yeah, we are I'm in different in, locations. Yeah, I'm in Long Island, New York. Robbie's in 
Georgia. Specifically, you want to explain, Robbie? Or just um, leave it at yeah, that? Basically, I'm like 40 minutes north of Atlanta. Ba- anything in Georgia that isn't Atlanta isn't worth, like, mentioning. <laughs> Shit. I've never been there, so I have no idea. I'm in like the lower Bible Belt, I think, so it's all fun. Have uh, Have either of y'all ever listened to that song, uh, "Leaving Jesus Land" by No FX? No, I have not actually. So, No FX are one of those bands where like most of their songs are horrible, but every album has like three pretty good punk songs. <laughs> Leaving <laughs> Jesus Land is like one of their pretty good punk songs, and it just has this. It has this one line. That's uh, that's like no longer felt. They gotta punch new holes in the Bible Belt, and Ooh. I think about that every time someone mentions like living down there. Is this song like the opposite of that Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties song, "Going to Georgia"? Uh, yeah, it's like the exact opposite. <laughs> that's what's up. This is why I'm I don't listen to No Effects because there's 18 songs on this record, and I put on the first one and I didn't like it, and that's generally <laughs> how I go, which is. It's very hard for me to latch on to a record right away. Like, I have to, like, go to a record, like, two to three times in order to, like, actually listen to it. It's just, like, weird thing. But that's no effects. They have a million songs. You also have to, like, hate Fat Mike's voice so much until you get numb to it. And then you can like it. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just, like, I have, like, leftover appreciation from them, like, for them from when I was, like, 11 and 12. (laughs) <laughs> um, because they're, you're like not supposed to listen to them anymore. They're, they're like, you know, not cool, especially ever since they made that joke about the Vegas shooting, which I thought was like funny, but I mean, I don't <laughs> know what else people were expecting from Fat Mike. <laughs> just so no one DMs us, the decline is essential punk still. Yes. The decline is fucking fantastic. They've got some like great songs strewn across their discography. My favorite is uh, The Bruise from Punk and Drublik, which is about being like a Jewish punk, and it's so dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Before we lose track of this episode, we should say what we're going to do on this episode. We're going to talk about Oolong stuff. We are going to talk about what we've been listening to, and then we're going to cap off with some news and some drama. I believe half of this podcast doesn't actually know about that drama, <laughs> so I'm stoked that y'all are gonna basically <laughs> yeah uh, what we're gonna do deliver that to us okay me and robbie are going Ooh. to try and explain it to you and Vinny, <laughs> and it's just going to be an exercise in like <laughs> just showing people how fucking absurd and nonsensical all this sounds to someone who has no idea like who hasn't been cripplingly terminally online for the last week oh god i've, I've been disconnected like on my i've been very like I guess uh, kind of just like there's this barrier between me and my phone where I kind of like occasionally check Twitter, not really to like see what other people are doing, just to see what Robbie's doing <laughs> um, and just to see like what's going on. So I'm not really like engaging with people as much. So I don't really see that whole side of, of things. Sometimes I do. Um, and you know, and on Instagram, I'm not really too, um, I don't really engage that much um anymore ever since quarantine i've been too like all over the place i've been extremely focused on random tasks and like right now i'm just like playing so much guitar i'm just focused on becoming like at the best guitar player i could possibly be so i'm playing like eight hours a day nine hours a day like 
yeah so this whole so i'm really excited to to find out what's going on on twitter did uh someone eat a, a hot dog or something <laughs> <laughs> i guess a metaphorical hot dog yeah i actually never even had a twitter before making the band twitter so like i don't even i didn't even know like what happened on twitter until like this year i was like what the what the fuck is this were you mm-hmm. just a reddit user then I was like barely a Reddit user. Uh, yeah. I just went on slash emo. That was yeah. like I'm on YouTube. Like I'm on that's like my kind of platform, I guess. I've been on YouTube consistently since like I was a kid. Um, but that was really kind of it. That's why it was even even dumber that that everyone on Reddit was like, Oh, like yeah, you're you're paying people or like it was this weird <laughs> thing. It was like I that was the only subreddit. If you like what, go to my account, it's the only subreddit that I post to that I comment on. So it's like, wouldn't you think like if I make music that the only subreddit that I subreddit I, I, I go to, I'm going to like post about it. Like it's just so silly. Well, yeah. I mean um, like literally I have a note here that like four years ago, it seemed like that Reddit was like half musicians. And then the other half was just people that were friends with those musicians and so like (laughs) when people were posting music people would check it out and they'd be like encouraging and now it's like you post your music or you say check out my band people are like this is part of your marketing scheme (laughs) and i like don't get what the fuck happened it's like there's this weird thing on reddit where I've I've kind of where there's still like that old fan base still there because and I know this for a fact because when I went to I drove to Bethlehem Pennsylvania for that snowing reunion show um, where they played four songs and everything other guitar player in the band Mad him and I drove there after a show that we played um, at like eight o'clock we literally drove from the show to Pennsylvania like three hours. Um, but when we got there, it was literally like as John was storming off. So we were literally just talking to a bunch of people, just like whatever, like, oh, we, we missed the show, drove three hours. But then when I got back, people were commenting like, oh, this didn't age well. And then people were literally like, oh, I, we had a conversation. Like there were people on Reddit that I was interacting with in person that were like interacting with me on Reddit. And it was this weird thing where there was like a group of like four or five people that I actually was like talking to had like like we ended up like meeting a group of people um, like a group of like seven or eight people. And like three of them on Reddit were like just like messaging me because I made a post and someone's like, oh, this like they were just like making a joke about it. But it was like um, it was a very interesting thing to see. And they were like my age, like 23, 24, even like like older, like like maybe near their 30s. So they were probably on around five years ago, you know? Damn, that's really weird. Imagine, like, talking to Oolong at a show and then, like, accusing them of astroturfing <laughs> on Reddit. <laughs> uh, I mean, another thing is that was before we even had music out, so it was, like, we were kind of, like, telling people about our band, like, hey. And people actually, like, one person has heard... Ha- like, lo- Sam's name has pretty much, like, made... Like, random people will say, oh, I know Oolong. Just because of Sam. And I'm like, oh, that's insanely cool. I didn't have to do anything. And Sam didn't have to do anything either. That's the that's the, the funny part. 
All right, before we before we basically get through all of our questions just through talking or organically, can we get the story of like kind of how the Oolong Bucks came to be? Like <laughs> like like what was the this... first time that someone was like, what the fuck's going on here with this band? I feel like Encyclopedia Brown with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> the E-word and the curious case of the Oolong Bucks. <laughs> I think I remember how this worked. So, I think two weeks before the album came out i posted a video on on reddit like it was a youtube link of like saying oh the album our album was coming out with a snippet of roxy's and cigarettes it's my <clears> favorite <throat> song on the album by the way thank you appreciate that but basically we posted that on reddit whatever um didn't get really too much traction or anything like that um, i didn't really expect it to or anything but then when the album was like approaching i posted it again but as i posted it myself on my account someone else oh no no i posted it like oh we're putting out an album tomorrow like i posted the single and everything so there was a single release so i posted the single and everything like that i was like oh check out the single whatever the album's coming out and then like the next day someone else made a post saying like oh oolong's gonna be this whatever be the next whatever and I didn't. I don't know who made that post. It was just some random person. Like, so then there was that post, and then someone made like another post the same day, or like near, or when the album came out. Like, it was all all these different posts all happened at the same time. It was like three or four posts that happened at the same time. But then in the third post, people st- those like one person or two people started like saying like oh, i'm getting sick and tired of seeing this band it's like they're like paying for promotion or whatever and then like it just got a bunch of downvotes, and then like it was just kind of this thing and then everyone started to go against those people who were saying negative things which was kind of cool but it was like from like multiple posts it was like the third post like there was like but it was like the second post yeah i think the second post was like worded similar to the first post but it was like a different person it was very strange to watch because I was excited because it was just random people posting about our band. But at the same time, there were these people who were like being negative. And I'm like, that's that's strange because people <laughs> post bands here. That's it. That's all they do. So when someone's like, hey, there's this band, I don't think there's anything abnormal like with that. So I was very confused. I have a lot of anxiety, so I was very, like, in my head at first. And I was like, oh, that's silly. Um, I didn't really care. I was more or less like, why? Um, but then <laughs> when everyone started to, like, say, like, like to come on, I guess, um, jump on our side, it was very much like, oh, okay, cool. Because it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't do anything wrong. It's not like we actually did pay people. Um, I mean, I don't know why we would pay people. We paid money to record the album. We didn't really like make that money back. It's not like that's not how this shit works. It's DIY music. You don't really like make money. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> people just think you're digging yourself a bigger hole by paying more people to post about it or something. It's like if I wanted to pay people to post about it, you would see two hundred posts about it. <laughs> you wouldn't see like you wouldn't see three posts on r slash emo. It's like it's like I don't I don't I wouldn't even care to pay to promote this stuff. Yeah, if I was doing the payola, I'd go straight for Rolling Stone. Like <laughs> none of this fucking pansy ass Reddit shit. Yeah, pay like <laughs> like two people with like some. It's like oh like uh 
or like with with a lot of Reddit karma to just post about to just post about your album on Reddit. It's like it doesn't mean hey, anything. Hey man, you get an extra quarter for every upvote. <laughs> Make it snappy. I will say, which is kind of interesting, um, Reddit has good taste though. Still, because um, not oh, most of the time they don't. It, I, um, yeah, I was most people. Say. Yeah, but but I think um, like. My friend Gage, who's in the band See Through Person, they don't have music out yet, but they're about to. Um, I was like, "Yeah, go post one of your live videos." I just, I'm just curious to see if like people like it, whatever. And he's like, oh, "Okay, whatever." So he posts it. I didn't really expect m- much because I feel like Reddit is so hit or miss. But their music's incredible. I checked the, the next day; it has like 150 upvotes or something. I'm like, "Oh, oh cool." Fuck yeah. huh. So All I was right. like, okay. "Cool, they have sick taste." Sometimes. I will say I don't think our emo is going to be happy about the new uh, Kississippi. Have you, <laughs> no, have you guys gone on that post yet? Yeah, no. and everyone's like, "This is pop music." Yeah, someone called it a uh, pop country. <laughs> oh shit! It's such a good fucking song, though. Do you do you think that people would come back to our emo if it improved? I don't know. I feel like a lot of the people who like left our emo because it was so poopy have migrated to our <laughs> DIY emo, a much more like comforting, like tightly knit community. I think. Is that active or Twitter? Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but DIY emo is actually pretty active for like as oh, small okay. as it is. Yeah. It hasn't taken off as much <laughs> as our emo, but well, I mean, our emo has been around for like 13 years. Is it that Yeah, long? It takes time. It takes time to build a, build a base. I kind of thought both of you guys weren't mods anymore because weren't you like trying to distance the podcast from the sub? Oh yeah, that we've been distanced for like a long time. But Kyle yeah. was never a mod. I I've been a mod since 2015. I want to say. Damn. Oh wow! And I have I've actually won best mod three years in a row. So that's cool. <laughs> Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. That's that's killer. That's 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 actually really fucking cool. That's actually when I got into. That's actually probably when I. Around actually, yeah, around 2015, 2016 is when I actually started getting into like music and getting into like emo music and hopping on r slash emo for the first time was probably around then. Yeah, I'm biased because like it was when I like started, you know, getting attention in that community. But I do think that was like the peak of that community, like mm-hmm. un- like even just unrelated to me. But it was like around the time I started doing the emo history lessons and. It was just, like, a cool time for the sub. And then shortly after that, like, a whole bunch of, like, abuser stuff happened. And then the election happened, and it got, like, weirdly infected with chuds. And it's just been, like, a weird back and forth since then. Yeah, but, like, that was, like, a time where, like, bands were blowing up first on our emo and versus, like, Twitter or somewhere else, too. So it was definitely, yeah. like, a really, really good, like starting ground for a lot of bands yeah i mean i think it still is i found like i found nice through our emo they hate our yeah. emo so much i they posted yeah. the uh, music video for love handles i think and oh, i was yeah. like oh this is like so fucking good what? yeah i found good sleepy through our emo and i'm good friends with all of them they're all amazing people now so like it's funny how that works yeah <laughs> well, i honestly found, found a lot of music on our emo yeah yeah <laughs> Speaking of like good, like I found a good sleepy through closure and closure kind of had the same thing with oolong where people are always like mad at 
Collins for posting closure there. Yeah, oh, because <laughs> because their band has the same name as like uh, oh yeah, like a, a 90s very band, obscure right? yeah. emo band from 1997 that has like 30 <laughs> listeners on Last FM. Yeah, I, and it's funny though. Uh, Collins is uh, I always see him uh, posting shit back. It's hysterical. Yeah, always <laughs> just something, some like witty uh, punchline or something. Last show we played was with uh, Closure, actually, upstate oh, New York. That's so, that I, I try to connect with like bands that I like and, and bands in the scene and stuff like that I know through Twitter. It's it's a cool uh, thing. Also, I I met Collins through a uh, Stars Hollow Nice show. They played with uh, Stars Hollow Nice. Um, I think Safe Face did. Uh, it was just an acoustic set. But it was it was such a I'd met pretty much like everyone there. Um, this was before our album was out too, so um, it was cool to like. I, I was actually talking to Roddy um, at that show, and I didn't know they were in a in a band in, in Nice. I didn't I didn't wasn't like as familiar with Nice. I've I've listened to their music before at that time. This um, I forgot when the show was to be honest, um, but. I remember I was just talking to Roddy like probably like 20, 20 minutes or so. And then I was like, oh, like what ba- he they, they asked, like, what band are you in? I'm like, oh, um, Oolong, whatever. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. I'm in Nice. And I'm like, oh, so it was a very like it was a very like shocking kind of thing <laughs> like that. But um, that's how I met pretty much like all of those bands. Sorry, I get sidetracked very easily. <laughs> oh, you're you'll you'll fit in perfectly um well i i guess like was there like a funniest or most extreme reaction to the whole oolong bucks thing i mean to the point where it's been known as oolong bucks is pretty extreme but like (laughs) (laughs) was there one point where it was like too much for you um i don't think it was too much i think because it was like once the record it was like the record was out at the same time so this was like kind of like a platform that people found us was through this like little controversy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like at first I was a little annoyed, but then I was like, oh, this is sick. People <laughs> are like, like Elliot, um, Michael Sarah Palin, like uh, saying something like, oh, this record, like all the hate saying shit about it. But it was like, it was like all these different people were like coming to our defense. And I mean, to be fair, it was just a bunch of, it was just a couple, it was probably like two or three people. Like it really wasn't a lot of people. Like it really wasn't yeah. a big deal, but everyone's just like so nice and like overwhelmingly positive. And also, and this is another thing. It's like, it's an art thing. It's like, no one wants to like, sh- why shit on people who create shit? Like, I mean, even like, like even if I was paying people, just don't engage with it. Like, I mean, obviously I'm not paying people, but like, even if you <laughs> think that, why be negative? to people who are creating music it's like it doesn't matter like even if you dislike a band just don't engage with it like why being why spread negativity um and you can like and also disliking a band and like having and being like i don't like this band because of this and blah 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 like there's nothing wrong with that it's just noise but it's like why spread negativity like that because that had nothing to do with the music that was like people are posting about this band they must be paying people maybe someone could like this album i guess i don't know it was it was very silly i feel like oolong is one of the last bands that's really like kind of taken off as 
I guess you can call yourselves an R emo band, but that was definitely like a thing like three years ago, you know, like the bands that kind of fostered a following through R emo. And I yeah. feel like in like a big way, I feel like Oolong was one of the last ones that have done that. That's what I kind of uh, thought, but I remember like posting that video, not thinking anything. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think I actually did. I didn't even post it. Um, our guitar player Matt did. I didn't expect really anything, and it was like people liked, liked. I actually hated that. I thought we. I'm very, very critical. I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, very like obsessive personality. Like. That's me. Um, so for me, I am always like, that's shitty. It's horrible. My voice sounds horrible. Whatever. He posted it because he doesn't give a shit. He's just like, whatever. I don't. I mean, he, at the same time, it sounds fine. I'm just very critical. Um, and then people liked it. And I'm like, wow, like, that's so weird. But whatever. And then it kind of motivated us because we don't really practice with Sam a lot. Like, we don't really rehearse with Sam. That's kind of like, because it's 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 hard the distance we've probably i don't know rehearsed like five or six times as as a band but that's just because it's like hard but that video was literally our first time meeting up like that was like our first rehearsal um well i I guess like how did sam get involved with the band like were you like hey here's some songs do you think you'd be down to play or was it something like someone knew sam or something like that it was like so funny because it was the I didn't put any effort into this. It was the most nonchalant thing. Like <laughs> I somehow like because I'm a fan of Sam's work, like his drumming. Um, he also drummed in Stippling. Um, oh yeah, that's right. And and like that was probably like my favorite. My favorite. Like I, I I can tell. Like if Sam's drumming, I know know that Sam's drumming. My theory is Sam is like very influenced by what that drummer in the dave matthews band it's kind of like a big band drummer <laughs> it's it's interesting because um i i basically just like texted him after following him on instagram we basically had an, an instagram account with like 700 followers 600 followers i don't know 700 followers from our um friendly ann um, she gave us the account it was like an emo meme page. And she's like, here, you can use this. It already has 700 followers. Of course, once we changed the band, whatever, um, we, we changed it to the band. And I started posting like band stuff. And there was literally two videos. I think it was of Dude and something else. Like two songs or whatever. Like not full songs. Like literally like minute clips. And I messaged Sam asking him if he knew any drummers in the area. Because I was looking for drummers, I was literally on on our emo at one point looking for drummers. Um, I was like, "Hey, do you?" I was like, "Sam, do you know any drummers in the area?" And, and then he's like, he like message messages back, and he's like, "Oh, I'll drum for you." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and and then it we start like, and then it was like a year. We were just talking back and forth, like. Not every day, but like not every day, but like every so often, like occasion, like we would be posting things on Instagram and be interacting and whatever. That was probably in July of 2018, maybe or t- January of 20 February of 2019 was when we first met. So it was like that gap. That was a gap between when he joined the band. But it was like literally like, do you know any drummers? And then in person, he told me that um, liked what he heard, which was very strange because there was literally 
two minute clips, like two <laughs> one minute clips. And I was like, and it was, it was acoustic. I was screaming. And I was just oh, like, yeah. I was just like, it was weird. <laughs> like I still have no clue because I, I like, I have no confidence at, as at all. You can probably hear it, but I, I had zero clue that like, I, I had zero clue anyone would like any of this, especially at that time. It was literally a minute clips. So Sam joining the band was kind of surreal because we didn't have a drummer. So I wrote most of these songs without like having a drummer near me. So I was kind of just like writing and crafting this shit, trying to like also understand all the other instruments. Like that was my big thing. This band has like taught me like how to be a band. So now I think our music's like getting better. But the past like two years in this band, it's been so much learning. Like it, that's all that it's been. And yeah, it's 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 been a very strange time. And Sam being in the band just kind of is the icing on the cake that makes me very motivated to keep playing because it's like I'm a perfectionist, like I said. And Sam is like my dream drummer. Yeah, you said Dave Matthews band and I was just thinking like yeah, I can definitely hear that. And also, Loki, Dave Matthews Band, and 311 are two bands that I don't personally like at all, but it's undeniable how good those drummers are. Like, exactly. really fucking mm-hmm. tasteful and impactful. Interesting. I asked Sam, like, what, um, like, what I guess developed him as a drummer. And he was like, yeah, when he was a kid, basically did this after-school program where he was the only drummer in this, like, whole program. So he would have to learn 30 songs a month and then play those songs over and over again because he was literally the only drummer, apparently, in this whole program. So then when you do that for four years straight, when you play, when you go from playing like Metallica songs to like pop songs and just like random songs, like all different genres. Session musician level competent. And you do that when you're like 13, I guess when you're a kid and you're developing as a musician, it's like... That's what happens. <laughs> That's why we don't really practice that often, but it's like we run through the songs once. Our first run's a little rough, and then the next run is like perfect. It's like weird. Like, because that record on the record, that was like each song was one take. And for example, My Afternoons, he learned in the studio 15 minutes before we recorded it. Jesus. <laughs> like, it's like literally like really like session level um, yeah. drum works. It's really cool. Like, I, it, it's not. It's it's really funny how this band works. I have zero clue how it does. Um, <laughs> and then t- for shows and stuff, I have my good friend Jack who plays in the band Stugats. He knows all the songs on drums. So whenever Sam can't make a show, um, especially when we first started, um, local shows, things like that, like being part of the local scene, like that whole thing, Jack um, basically he plays the drums for us. And it's not even like it. He kills it. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know where to take this. I. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I. I. I keep talking for hours. It's a, it's a serious problem. You like just mentioned like the local scene and shit, and I was just wondering because I think when a lot of people think of Long Island emo, they think of like the two thousands shit, like Taking Back Sunday and Brand New and uh, the movie Life and shit like that. And I was just wondering if like there are any like remnants of that scene left in the area. I love the movie life scene. I never was a big movie state life fan. State lines. Yeah, state yeah, state lines too. I love state lines so much. Um, but one of the things about Long Island, and I think I think it's similar in the tri-state area. I think it's similar in Connecticut. I'm not a hundred percent sure. In Long Island specifically, 
I know it's 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 pretty clicky. There's a lot of things happening locally. There's like kind of like very direct clicks. And to be part of that, you kind of have to really go out of your way. It's like a New York thing. New Yorkers are very kind of like I'm not trying to be, be I'm very socially awkward, so I'm not as familiar with the scene. But the way that I was introduced to the scene um, was in around, I guess, 2016, 2015, around there, like right when I was saying, um, I'm, I, I had this friend, Tim, and he he was in a group of friends that I would hang out with on, on Thursdays, Thursday night meme nights. And we would basically, he was a drummer. And I just, oh, he's, he plays drums in a band. Let's go see his band play. And you know, you know what happens? Listen to how crazy this is. I find American football, like like Matt shows me American football, then I find some kind of Kedwallader, and then all of a sudden I'm obsessed with Twinkle Music. And then at the same time, I be, I'm becoming friends with this group of people, become friends with this guy Tim, and he's in a band that happens to be a fucking Twinkle band. And it was this weird thing where I was like, holy shit, this is fucking incredible. Like, this is like my thing. Like, it was like this thing that I found, this, this genre that I, like, act, I've never really gone into music before then. And then... It was like this thing that I found that I, I love and my friend is in a band that makes this shit. So that was kind of like the band that kind of was like that made like I, I've seen them. I've How many times? I think I've seen them twice or three times. I think I've seen them three times play or I've seen them play three times. Basically, it was like I saw them play in a garage playing. If you know the band Reasons, he's in the band Reasons. Mm-hmm. They actually have like 60K. One of their songs is like 60K views on, on Jomies. Shout out Jomies. Hell what is yeah. that? It was like Chill Wave uh, before Chill Wave. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Reasons is like still to this day one of my favorite bands. That was the band that made me go, oh, I could just like make whatever genre whatever music i want to hear right now like and that was like the band that did it for me so that was like the only band locally that i was like really connected with and then it was like a lot of our emo bands like i said i'm very socially awkward so i didn't really go out but like i said if you ask tim in that band for example he'll be like yeah you know there's a million band like he'll go through the whole thing like i said it's 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 just a very it seems like, like for example, I feel like if you're in Philadelphia, it's more like there's more house shows going on. In Long Island, it's kind of just like there are things happening, but like people don't really like promote it. But if they do, it's like on Facebook and no one uses Facebook. It's like weird things <laughs> like that. I, I Not that no one uses Facebook. It's like I don't use Facebook. So for like – it's like I feel like it's just – clicky and i'm not part of that click and it's it's not fair to for me to say that there aren't bands there are a lot of awesome bands like like matt i mean max seals from long island i remember yeah. seeing them before they kind of like um, were a bigger band like when their ep was out i remember they opened for tiny moving parts in 2015 and i was like what the fuck this band's so good there's also like um there's also a band right near us a place to hide um, they're like kind of like an emotive hardcore band. It's like Title Fight. You can tell they like Title Fight. They're literally like a couple miles away. This and I mean, we've never played a show with them to give you some perspective. Like yeah. it's like things like that. But our, my friend Jack, we play shows with in Stugatz, and then Stugatz plays shows with a bunch of these other bands. So we play with this band called Pig Farm. They're like like a crust punk band. They're, they're a three-piece, and they just have a bassist. And it is so fucking sick. 
I think more bands should just like have no guitarist and just have a gnarly fucking basis. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. See, I asked, um, I asked the vocalist of um, Pig Farm if I could play guitar in their band, and then he's like, "Yeah, just go ask the bass." Go, ahead. I forgot, I forgot the bass player's name. I see him all the time too. I'm such an asshole. I'm so bad with names. But anyway, I asked him, and he's like, no, I'm sorry. This is, this is it. I'm like, I respect it. I get it. <laughs> this is the musical direction. But it's so cool because they're so sludgy. And I, I, he, he basically runs his bass through a bass amp and a guitar amp. Oh, shit. And it's just like the bass, the going through the guitar amp is another fuzz pedal. So you have this kind of like broken sounding amp mixed with, a bass amp and it's just very fucking cool it is and and but the songs are like lyrically or i mean it's crust punk so it's extremely like hysterical songs like and they're they're the stage banter is hysterical like yeah we're we're gonna play a song it's called she has a dick and then immediately go right into it (laughs) and then they're so fucking sludgy and we play shows with them like that's like a band that we've played with a couple times like like we just but it's like we just play bands with people that we've connected with. It's like we it's another band we've connected with the band Flake. They've reached out to us through Reddit, actually, our emo, um, which is kind of hysterical. But that's it's it's hysterical. We've met a band in Long Island, but we met them through Reddit. <laughs> right. We played a show with them, which was strange. So that's another like Long Island band. And then we met, and then the band that we're really close with, um, who just put out an album today, um, Tilted, we've played like three shows with them. So it's like, not to say that there aren't Long Island bands, it's just like, I'm not that socially outgoing. So I feel like it's been harder for me to like, connect with like people in Long Island. It's, it's been easier to connect with people like in, in Jersey or in Philly. Or in Georgia, for example, um, <laughs> it's 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 weird, and it's most likely my fault. Also, check out the band Aspen. They're a Long Island band. That's Tim's new band, who's in who was in the band Reasons. Um, they're like a uh, New York screamo band. Um, it's really cool. It's like they do the whole like early emotive hardcore thing. Really cool, um, like where there's like actually still kind of some power chords sometimes um, with some twinkles, and it's really really cool and the vocals are kind of remind me of like beatdown hardcore vocals so they were like Whoa! like so it's kind of um it's a really interesting dynamic plus he's one of my favorite drummers like he's a very expressive drummer um he has a very specific style so it's a really cool listen um you can go give them a listen are y'all at all into like the strong island hardcore scene like that That's... late 90s early 2000s type of shit when it comes to like, I guess like my music stuff, I'm not as connected with the scene. I guess emo bands and things like that. But when it comes to like hardcore shows, like I've gone to more hardcore shows than anything else. Um, I, I love uh, '90s New York hardcore. New York hardcore is like Burn, Agnostic. Oh my Front. god, Burn and Absolution. Um, like I was at Backtracks last show, for example. Like um, I I love New York hardcore. It's like it's like that's where my backing is that's why i mean for example like oolong if we our music ever changes like because it is going to change like it's evolving and developing it's only getting harder i think that's the cool thing at least like we're never going to like become like an indie band 
because I don't really listen <laughs> to indie music. I I really like like that new Gulch album is pretty much like on like almost every time I'm in the car now. Hell yeah, sick. Um, um, if anyone's listening who's not familiar with like the Strong Island scene, the two that I would recommend like as like the the granddaddies of everything like in pop punk that started happening. Okay, let me let me like backtrack and explain because these these are like hardcore bands. And then some of the members went on to do more melodic hardcore and then eventually like evolved into pop punk. There's a long history, but I mean, Vision of Disorder is like we're kind of like uh, this this metalcore band that also had elements of like new metal and also like Alice in Chains kind of like grimy vocals. Um, and they were homies with uh, this band Mind Over Matter, who are like a wonky like New York hardcore via drive like Jehu type of band. <laughs> and then members of Mind Over Matter uh, went on to bands like Inside, who you'd have to like look them up via Eddie Hermita on Discogs and then like look up their song titles on Soul Seek to find anything by them, but they're really good. Like just this like a uh, kind of like a mode of hardcore band. And then Inside uh, members from that went on to Clockwise, who are a great melodic hardcore band. And then Eddie started the movie life with a bunch of people and <laughs> cut some de- cut some demos with them that are really good and then he left the movie life before they recorded like anything like uh for a label um and started taking back sunday and the very first taking back sunday ep with their first singer who was like named antonio longo or something like that is uh is very very good so that's like the very brief history of how strong island hardcore turned into pop punk <laughs> I think one of the things that's kind of interesting about um, Long Island. Now, I'm not as familiar with our other guitar player, Matt. He is really invested in the hardcore scene. Like he like he's very like that's his genre. That's what he's been listening to for a while. Um, He was like a pop punk kid at one point, like kind of. But but hardcore music is like a very um, important part of what he listens to. So he would be more insist like he would know more about this conversation but like i just like going to shows like hardcore shows and stuff um but there's um some sick long island bands if you know the band like hangman um Mm -hmm. they're a cool long island band i've seen them play a lot of times another band called warehouse they're my friend dan's band um i i saw him at the skate park a couple weeks ago which was cool um there's a there's a lot of fucking we're actually gonna i'm pro- we're probably starting a hardcore band because hardcore music is like I, I i i've been wanting to start a hardcore band for so long and originally our first band like 2016 was a hardcore band or we tried to be we covered a lot of like i think we covered misfits song and then a turnstile song i, I want to actually start a, a a good hardcore band because now i feel like i could write music one day when the next five months they'll uh, we'll be in a new band I'll be fun. Sick. So I guess we'll wrap up just talking about Oolong to poke you about the fact that you were just in the studio recording something. Oh, yeah. There's, um... <laughs> yeah, that was last week. Or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we recorded some songs for something. I can't really say what it is, but it's something. I mean, um, am I allowed to say what it is we're doing? And then, like, um, can, if you want to like, say it and then they like scratch it off, 
But basically, it's f- split with. Oh shit! Christ. Um, I I mean I'm excited because it's I think it was probably like two years ago that I, I was talking to doing a split, and they were like, "Yeah, hell's yeah, let's do it." And then it's like years go by, and it's like we're actually doing it. So it's it's really cool because they're like my favorite band. Um, like I, I listen to all the time. Like mm-hmm. they're like probably like one of my favorite bands in the scene. I think they're doing something super different and like uniquely them. And you yeah. can tell that like uh, you can you can tell, especially when um, I I've I've met them once, and you can just tell right then and there that it was just like I was talking specifically it's like you can just tell that he just wants to make shit for himself and you hear it like in all of all of uh, his music in all of uh, how how he he writes and how he writes and how they kind of like all work together definitely my f- like obviously oh i can't continue talking about them damn it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i gotta stop we need but, more yeah. splits though like for for yeah. real there's like two splits a year and there should be 80 a year mm-hmm. i think splits are the coolest thing ever and i i'm i we're always going to be like doing different things like that because i i, I mean i also love when bands have a bunch of different projects and different songs well right now i'm very creative so there's a lot of like things coming out so it's very like oh i'll use this song for this the song for that mm-hmm. this song for this so it's like so it's cool that I get to do that, but um, I also love compilation albums. It's like my favorite. <laughs> so I'm I'm expecting that hopefully like because I I have we have a bunch of different tunes that I'm working on. Like I said, we don't really practice with Sam, um, but we're going to start a lot more like in the next month or so. We're going to. So we should be uh, doing stuff. That's like my anxiety is like at peak right now. Like I said, I've literally been playing guitar every day, trying to become like like Guthrie Govan. Like so, when I'm saying I'm writing music, at all of the anxieties of I have to, to like be a better guitar player all came comes at me at the same time. It's like that's the thing about songwriting. It's like for me at least. It's like I'm just put so much pressure on myself for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel that. Uh, one last question, just yes or no. Is it true there's a group chat with all the emo freshman class bands? There was. I think there's I think it's still in existence. It's not active, but like there's a there's this giant group chat of all third row <laughs> former bands. It's like all third row bands and it's like I think it's like one of us from Oolong, um, Eric. I just like all there's so many of us. It's like it was a huge fucking chat and it was it was very, very awesome. And the best part is there was zero drama. The, like there's no drama between bands, which is like I love all the like every band that I've in. I, I, I don't think there's there's not a single band that I had a negative interaction with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no band we have beef with. Actually, I've never had negative interaction really with anyone because I'm not really on. I don't think Robbie has either, but people are very nice no. to us. And I feel like um, thank you, everyone, for being nice because I'm very grateful for that because I don't really uh, know how to interact on social media 
Everyone's just very nice all the time, it seems. There doesn't I, seem to be any drama. I think the meanest comments we Who got knows? was uh, yesterday I posted. I don't know why people compare Mom Jeans to Modern Baseball when Mom Jeans wrote a good album. Oh, and, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And people were not the happiest with me, but I thought it was really funny. It's pretty funny, but... um Oh, you know about their their self-titled album? Mom Jeans, like their self-titled yeah, album? Yeah. Like, the, like the EP or whatever? The Modern yeah. Baseball Yeah, EP. the Modern Baseball yeah. EP. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know that's why. I just thought it was, like, funny to... There are people who still don't know about that record, and it's mm-hmm. it's for good reason because I know they don't want people to hear it. But like I have that record in my Google Drive file from twenty, like whenever it came out. I remember downloading it from someone on r slash emo. Oh really? And I have it. Yeah, that record is. You should send it to me. It's actually like I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's not part of their discography, technically, right? Make it disappear. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've been trying harder the last couple of days to like start shit on Twitter. That's more like ah! fun drama. No, 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 no. Not like. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I see. like, like yeah. I've been trying to like get interactions. That's more like people talking about like positive stuff or people like saying mo- modern baseball is better than mom jeans rather than people like you know shitting on everyone else or something. Yeah. I feel like Robbie struck this this good balance between like. I forgot when I I gave you control of the Twitter, but it was like it was like in the beginning I didn't tell you anything. I didn't tell you what to do or anything. It was this weird thing where it was like it was this like unspoken thing where there were certain posts that I was like not as comfortable with and and it's kind of got to a point where he where we've somehow we haven't really spoken about this, but we found this balance of like how the the account is run, I guess, because I think Robbie, if like I, I I'm not. If you go on our Instagram, I'm not posting on there. I don't know how to do any of these things, <laughs> and I don't. It's not that I don't have a personality. It's that I don't have a personality on like any social platform because I feel like I'm a perfectionist. If, if I do, I have to put 100% effort into it, and if I I can't, I don't have that much energy. I have to put effort into other things, so I like just don't because I put energy somewhere else. But Robbie actually has an extremely awesome personality thank you thank you robbie (laughs) for being a cool and awesome person and it's funny because we're twins yeah me and me and Vinny actually look like extremely similar it's really scary my closest (laughs) my like one of my closest friends she's like yeah like everyone says it like everyone who even knows me personally my grandma i literally showed my grandmother i was like this is this is robbie She's like, oh my god, he looks like exactly like you. It's it's, so cute. it's he's just yeah. like taller, slightly taller, and that's I'm I'm a tiny person. It's gonna be um, fun to go on tour and we just switch places every night. They're like, damn, the singer of Oolong sucks tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, I like delegating social media duties. I think what what we've kind of like done without noticing is just that I have control of the Twitter and Kyle has complete control of the Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're both very suited for, like, what each of those platforms entail. Like, I think Kyle is very good at, like, wholesome posting and, like, getting people to engage on Instagram. And yeah. I am very good at uh, being just witheringly mean to everybody. <laughs> I I okay. used to have something to say on Twitter, but now I don't. I just don't have anything to say. 
our our most popular tweet is actually one that you did. I think it was the it's it was the fucking math rock tweet. Like listening to math rock, don't say it, don't say it. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no one was hurt in the process. Yeah. See, I I like have this other problem with Twitter where I have too much to say, <laughs> and because I have too much to say, I have to put a lot of effort to say it. So I don't say anything. <laughs> like it's I always have have so many ideas for things, but I'm just hindered by my inability to like have chill. Like, <laughs> I wanna I have so many TikTok ideas, but I feel like once I download TikTok, it's going to open up a whole new can of worms and it's over. And I'm not gonna do that. Like I'm gonna get I'm gonna put this out there and if someone makes this TikTok and becomes viral Thank you. But it's the scene in Shark Boy and Lava Girl when Shark Boy is running with Lava Girl to the volcano. And it's this like heartfelt scene where like Max is crying and Sh- Lava Girl is passed out and Shark Boy is like running. And I want this, this TikTok to be Shark Boy's running and it's this scene and he just throws her in the volcano. He just tosses her and then the credits roll. Like that, <laughs> like that's my idea, and I it the way that lava girl gets yeeted into the the the, the volcano. It's I I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone like talk about that scene specifically. Like at least I've never seen it, and I've always wanted to, but just because I just don't want to. I'm not opening that can of worms. I still haven't done it, but I've been thinking about that TikTok idea for the past like two months i've been like kind of resistant to tiktok just because i am old and i miss vine terribly and it just (laughs) seems like a worse vine um but last night i saw this tiktok that was like a cat crossing a bridge and the girl holding the camera is like oh it's all right she's he's gonna make it he's gonna be fine and then the cat like you know how like when you watch someone go bowling and all of a sudden the bowling ball just pops over into the lane like into into the (laughs) in the lane and bypasses the all the bowling pins altogether. The cat mm-hmm. just kind of like slipped and fell into the water underneath the bridge. And <laughs> the girl says, Oh shit. And then the cat is just making like the most agonizing noises because he hates being wet and it sounds like, Oh <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> See, I don't have a, a TikTok account because I'm I'm like me like, neither. Um, I just look over Dina's shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> I I look over Matt's shoulder, um, because Matt he 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 he's always watching Ogbert the Nerds uh, TikTok, um, <laughs> like all those uh, all of those TikToks are hysterical. Like the the French ones with with Mitty. Those are the best. If you haven't seen those, you you need to. I was expecting that that band would get brought up. Um, I think a lot of people were really surprised about them being on the freshman class because I don't think a lot of people knew about them. So, mm-hmm. like, where did they come from? So, uh, Mitty and Renzo, I, I, I believe they were in a band called Goose, Rain, Goose Racer. Um, sick band. I found that information through Diego from American Beauty. Apparently in New Jersey... A lot of people like Goose Racer because their their last show is apparently wild. Um, I think one of the things with Ogbert, at least, is there's 
their songs are so they have such like a potent EP. It's they're just three songs and they're just so intense that I don't think like you can forget about that band. Right. Yeah. I feel like I think that's true that, for sure. Regardless of anything, I feel like any band that makes you like my theory on on anything is like any band that makes you feel and like like having like a neutral feeling about a band is a lot worse than like negatively. Like I I, I would prefer someone to dislike my music than to be like, "Oh, it's okay." Because I would rather someone have an emotional response. And I think the thing about Ogbird is their music is so, like, they wear their emotion on their sleeves. And it's very, like, it's just very them. I, I feel like um, you can't just, like, feel neutral about that band. You're either going to love them or you're going to dislike them. There's no, yeah, like, oh, they're, they're very okay. idiosyncratic. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and I, everything they do feels very much like exactly what they want to do. Exactly. And I think that's the thing with, um, I think if you have that, I think people will, regardless of anything, I think people will notice. I don't really, I don't really understand like how people, I don't understand like followings build and things like that. Like, but I found Ogbert through Tilted because we booked a show because Kevin from Tilted is the master booker. He books like, He's, he could easily he just give him a week he'll book two shows in, in a like that weekend like a Friday Saturday and take him four days to do it but we played a show he's like hey you want to play he goes uh, you want to ask Ogbert the nerd to play I was like who's that I checked out Ogbert listened to their EP and I was like holy shit this is so cool then we played a show with them I realized that they're my favorite band um, I bought their merch and their CD's been in my car for a year and my aux has been broken, so I've I've I only listen to Ogbert the Nerd. Um, I I you gotta have a short band. commute it's, then. Oh, it's on repeat. <laughs> I swear, I know every lyric. I know every I've I've seen them. Like I drove two hours to go see them, not to play with them, just to go see them perform because I I love them so much. It's like they're seriously like one of my favorite bands like like them guitar there's so many bands that i like genuinely love that like i could play shows with and it's it's so cool but ogbert specifically um they're definitely my like they're like my when going i i remember just going to just screaming the lyrics to that holy p and then i think during um it's fine i got to literally go on stage and basically scream the whole song um, in a basement in, in Trenton, New Jersey, Hell yeah. at someone's birthday party that I didn't know. <laughs> it was really cool. All right, should we get into what have we been listening to? Yeah. All right, who wants to go first? Robbie, you go first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess if anyone follows the Oolong Twitter. They're probably pretty aware of the one album I've been listening to. Basically. For the record, that's why I told you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me let me explain. At my job, I get up at like 6.30, and then I work until like 5. So one day I was just like, I haven't listened to Puppy Love in a while. So I put on Puppy Love when I woke up, and I turned it off at 5 p.m. So I probably listened to it like... 20 times that day or something and then ever since then it's been like i've probably played it like five or ten times every day since i've like started i don't know it's just like such a good fucking album i don't even know the words to it i can't name a single <laughs> song on that album 
it's just like it's so easy to listen to and it's like so good i don't know it's really good how do you guys feel about puppy love we did a whole episode about it it's such a good album but i like forgot all about it i yeah Yeah. me too well okay we'll listen to it can we take a 30 real quick (laughs) 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 um other than that i've been i've been like like me and eric from hospital bracelet have been talking a lot and we're like pretty homies now so i've been listening to a lot of hospital bracelet there's this band that oh i don't know how much i can say there's this band called small data if you know them they're like mm-hmm. that was a chatterbot band right can we say that still i guess maybe i guess so but they're doing they're doing this music with another label that we're working with and they sent me the demos and it's like really really fucking good i'll try to like send it to you other than that basically just puppy love it's so good they... <laughs> are we being baited <laughs> No, I'm not I I question I questioned him the other day. I think last week I was about like the puppy love thing. It's it's serious. It's it's it comes it's it's not oh, ironic. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Also the new Touche Mori come out today? Yeah. yeah I got to listen to that. I I've never listened to Touche Mori before and I've also never listened to Hot Mulligan, but I've listened to this album and I think this is how Hot Mulligan sounds. Is that true? <laughs> absolutely uh, not and i feel like <laughs> you just plunged a dagger into my heart why would you think that though like what I've about never, the I've presentation never, I've never, i don't know i just isn't hot mulligan just seems like the kind of band that touche mori sounds like i cannot believe that Jesus, hot mulligan friends. is being compared to the band that put out stage four yeah, i think okay. that's the album's what it's called because that album i think that's what the album's called but that album is incredible uh, yeah. It came out like 2016, that record. Yeah. All their albums are incredible. Touche Amore has never put out a record that's less than excellent. All of their material is fantastic. Yeah. I See, I'm weird with bands. I latch on a record, and then that's my record. And then it's until I latch onto another record. It's not like I listen to that full band's discography. It's like I listen to that record, and then I move on to a different record. So for Touche Amore, I've really invested myself in that record. I haven't listened to any of their other records. Um, I've heard a lot of their other songs, though, um, in live performances, though, so... Yeah. Last I mean, time I, I saw them, I, like... I I decided... Cause I've seen them 28 times, and that's I, I, like, lose my shit every time I see them, but this time I was like, okay, I'm gonna just take a step back and, like, enjoy them. Like, you know, just watch how fucking good they are live. And for the most part, I succeeded. But every time they play a song off To the Beat of a Dead Horse or uh, Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me, I just lost my shit. Like, just like, I, I was like, Dina, can you please hold my glasses? Because I didn't have contact <laughs> at the time. Just very politely, like, can you, do you think you could do me a favor and hold my glasses? And then just fucking stormed. Mm-hmm. They, the, the way that they play just, like, demands crowd engagement. They are... Yeah probably my favorite live band that i've ever seen that's me with title fight that's... yeah title fight were very very good live i miss them i only yeah, saw title I... fight once and can i say the bill quick it was title fight alex g and cloakroom that's such a strange bill yeah but... that's a damn good bill i don't even I know. like that's alex g, but that's a cool bill it was I the hyperview tour and it was like Ooh. the week that beach music by alex g came out so it was just like quite a time <laughs> you want to hear the hardest flex ever i was at uh i was at a back to school jam 2016 oh, shit. and the last seven bands with title fight headlined it was 
I don't know the order of the bands, but I know Title Fight headline, but it was Title Fight, Incendiary, Turnstile, Turnover, Angel Dust. But it was it was crazy. It was like literally it was a matinee. So, I mean, there were so many fucking bands. It was it was a while ago, but that was a crazy show. It was 107 degrees in the venue. That's the oh. hundred because I went on Snapchat to go see like the temperature filter or whatever. And it was 107 degrees. You actually see in the recording, you actually see the steam rising yeah. from the crowd in the video. <laughs> it is disgusting. I have I have actually seen all of those bands and I still want to like puke out of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a good experience. New Jersey, that's what being in Long Island, it's like you're near Jersey, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Long Island. You're really in like it's. There's so many cool. I've seen Cap and Jazz when they did their reunion reunion thing. Um, that I, I've seen American Football. I've, I feel like I've seen a lot of the bands that I like like uh, drooled about seeing somehow, which I'm like, oh. I've never seen American Football, but one time I saw Heart Attack Man play like a smaller room in the same venue, like <laughs> the same night that American <laughs> Football was playing. <laughs> I actually uh, remember you saying this from a different episode. Yeah. Also, you bringing up Captain Jazz reminded me of like one of my favorite jokes I've ever made, which is Mike playing drums for the Captain Jazz reunion probably feels like Billy Madison having to go back to fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. I that was that was probably one of the best show of Mike I've ever seen. Like, that was that was like such an awesome show. I don't know how they sound that similar to their how they used to sound it's, it's so crazy how like 20 years have passed and they sound identical i've talked about this show so many times but i still want to flex with i think the greatest show that i've ever seen which was the opener was reggie in the full effect playing songs from under the tray the two other bands were co-headliners it was saves the day playing through being cool all the way through and then they encored with like sell my old clothes i'm off to heaven at your funeral jesse and my whetstone and anywhere with you then oh, the wow. the band that played last was Say Anything playing Is A Real Boy. What the, way the fuck? What? And That's actually on my albums that I listened to on like rotation. It looked like they were going to close with I Want to Know Your Plans. Like, um, and I like literally like was leaning on people next to me and crying during that song because I'm a soft ass pussy. That's um, my favorite <laughs> song on the record. That and uh, I... I honestly have such a hard time choosing my favorite song on the record sometimes it's an orgy of critics um because i think that song just goes so hard but yeah. they after uh i want to know your plans they played like the first couple songs from the was a real boy ep they went into um wow i can get sexual too uh little girls uh plague so they just played a couple songs from that and then they left and i was like what the fuck because at the time admit it was my favorite song from that album and then they came back like people were like confused more than like asking for an encore but they came back and played admit it and it was so fucking good it's insane That's, i would have i would have totally freaked out i mean i pretty much was at a show that i i call it the like epitome of like or the end of not the end of emo revival but i it was like probably the last show of like that golden age of that time because it the the lineup it was pup was actually on the bill but they were replaced by jeff rosenstock so oh, it was shit. sorority noise 
Jeff Rosenstock, Modern Baseball, and Tiny Moving Parts. Jesus. Jesus. Same nice. show. I remember that tour. Being in New York, like it's uh, there's so many cool shows that happen here, but I'm not, I, I would have died to see say anything. Yeah, people talk about like how hit or miss they are live, and I guess on that tour, a lot of their shows were very sloppy, but they played so fucking tight that night in Chicago. Yeah, I just was. I just found this flyer. It, it, it was the celebrate tour for Tiny Moving Parts. It was prawn free throw and. <laughs> Like the local opener for the tour I saw was actually Joie de Vie, and I was oh like, my God. I am kind of regrettably like not that fond of that show because I don't remember much about it. Kyle, what have you been listening to? Um, subject from that tragic. I've been listening to this band. And speaking of like that that scene that I was just talking about, uh, this band Mush uh, mm. put out a full length last year, and like I'm thinking about like how come people weren't really like clamoring for that band because it's literally like. Eric from Dowsing is a singer, and then and then like the band is like members of Lettering, Droughts, uh, Retirement Party, and I'm missing another. Oh, Annabelle. It's like it's like oh, you, you don't really get that much better of a band to get together. But yeah, it just kind of sounds like adults playing pop punk, and it, it's really fucking good. So if are they named after the Leatherface album? Very well, could be. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, thank you. Where Mush came out last year on Skeletal Lightning, and it's it's really cool. Um, I like the new Laura Jane Grace solo album. I guess it's her debut technically because she did the the full band uh, Laura Jane Grace album a while back. Um, I like that a lot. I'm listening to Spillage Village for the first time. Uh, Spillage in. Oh, yeah, um, Spillage Village is good. Yeah. Outside of Friday Night Lights, that's easily the best thing that J Cole has ever participated in. Yeah, fuck J. Cole. I don't like any of it. Yeah, no, his stuff after he like started putting out records is not good, but his mixtape mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights is very good. I'll check that Earth, out. Earth Gang's super good, though. I love Earth, Earth Gang. Gang. Love Earth, Earth Gang's Gang. so fucking good. I showed Earth Gang to the Guitar Fight Boys the other day, and they did not fuck with it, so I think I'm not going to be their friend. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. <laughs> um, all the other predictable stuff, like the nice album which we actually got the like the og leak of um and party strange yeah. i haven't listened to that yet i need to we're trying nice best new music nice um i, I think that album is so cool because it sounds like nothing that is happening right now at all um mm-hmm. and like the cool thing about him is like he's like basically like a hardcore kid from oklahoma and then I think what a lot of people who listen to this pod would know him from previously is he used to be a member of uh, the band Stay Inside, who did who were doing like kind of like a post-hardcore emo type of thing. And now he's doing this, which sounds like literally everything that we love in a blender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and, fucking talented. And, uh, you know, it kind of redeems all the things we don't like about Yip because he produced it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who's next? The new Touche Amore record is my album of the year, I've decided. Like, really? Unless something better comes out, like, in the next two months. But it's so fucking good. Like, it's literally so good that it briefly made me forget that I actually hate Manchester Orchestra. Because <laughs> that feature is amazing. And the video is so good, too. Like, like the video they recently put out that's just, like, all their buddies. Like, and Jay Bannon goes, like, full oogle in the video. It's really cool. But aside from that, I've been, like, trying to do this newsletter about uh, grunge 
you know, I took a I took this week off for my newsletter just for like mental health reasons. But I think the thing about grunge that's really interesting is uh, I I don't know how much like of a legacy that it actually has anymore. Um, or what legacy it does have is very weird and muddled. But I can say like as a verifiable fact that I would not be doing this podcast like if not for Nirvana. Like when I was nine years old, this is my Nirvana story. Sorry to be self-indulgent. Um, <laughs> when I was nine years old, I was like in the car with my dad and we were listening to like X1075 modern rock up your ass. Like just one of like those types of stations. <laughs> um, and smells like teen spirit comes on and you know, that the opening chords that sound like a punk version of more than a feeling by Boston. And then Dave Grohl comes in with those drum hits and I got chills down my spine. Like, I think that's like the first time I remember like getting chills down my spine from a record or from a song. The song ended and I immediately want to listen to it again. And I asked my dad, Hey, who was that? And he looked at me like I was a fucking idiot and was like Nirvana. <laughs> Cause you know, he was a teenager in the nineties. He, he knows Nirvana. And then like a couple weeks later, I was visiting my grandparents in Utah. My grandparents are on my mom's side, live in Utah, and they're very blue collar. They like run a tow truck company and they live like out like several miles outside of like the nearest town, which is St. George. They live in this place called Hurricane. But my my grandma knew that I loved books when I was a kid. So every time I visited, she would try and make sure that I got at least one thing from Barnes and Noble. So we drive into the town, go to Barnes & Noble, and I immediately go to the music section and try and find the first thing, like anything that has Nirvana written on it. Like just hoping that it would have, you know, that song with the chords and the drum hits. Uh, But the album that I picked up was the only album there, and it was Bleach. To this day, I think that putting Bleach on in the car on the way home to Las Vegas from Utah, like made everything click about underground music. Like I was already like getting into it, but I didn't get all of it necessarily. Just the way that Nirvana made like fucked up, noisy underground punk music sound super poppy and accessible made everything make absolute sense to me. Anytime someone says, oh, Nirvana is overrated, I think they're like a fucking idiot. Like (laughs) just the worst, stupidest, most contrarian take. Like, dumber than saying the Beatles suck. Um, <laughs> then also just listen to, like, the rest of the Big Four. Dirt by Alice in Chains is, like, a tragedy in musical form. Soundgarden is probably my least favorite of the Big Four because I think they sound, like, too cock rock, but it's undeniable that they're ridiculously good musicians. And when I was a kid, I didn't like Pearl Jam because I thought they sounded, like, too classic rocky. And now I really like Pearl Jam. Like they're 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 actually like a really fucking good band. Their first three albums are like flawless. And I told Dina that, oh no, I discovered something about myself this week. I really like Pearl Jam, and she was like, "Fucking duh." <laughs> <laughs> I love Pearl Jam. What's your favorite Pearl Jam record? I mean, I do like ten. I and, but if I want to listen to Pearl Jam right now, I'm probably gonna turn on Verses. Versus is really good. It was my favorite one for for a minute, but I've decided that Vitalogy is their best one. It's so good. I don't know if that's underrated or not. I don't, I don't know if there's such a thing as underrated Pearl Jam because yeah, their I, fans are fucking overwhelming. Uh, but <laughs> specifically the songs on that record, Spin the Black Circle and Corduroy, like just such fucking good songwriting yeah. arrangements. Goddamn. And Eddie Vedder has like even more than Chris Cornell, like the best like 
singing voice out of all those dudes. Yeah, and he's it's definitely shame. like he's way more charismatic and not like the closeted front man. And I think that actually helps them. Yeah, and I think it's like really crazy that um, uh, he's the only one still alive out of like the big four grunge front men. They are they're all dead now. Like two from suicide, one from overdose, and. I don't know. I, I do also think it's like a fucking shame that all the bands, like all like the fucking Bush silver chair candle box bands that came after totally destroyed the Pearl Jam vocal style because just listening to Pearl Jam by itself, it's like his singing is so good. It's like mm-hmm. so expressive. I think they sound like, like the, what I like about 80s U2, but without like the bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't talk U2. Vinny gets mad because I post U2 on the account. such a fucking good band i haven't listened to them as much i mean i don't really have a strong opinion on you two but at the same time you can hate bono like all you want but the guitar work on with or without you is so incredible i i i I haven't given them a shot that was like that's always been my mom's favorite band so like i grew up with like you two and green day was like basically all we listened to until i was like 16 fuck, I got to emo. What the fuck is up with that? If we did a split with Green Day, we would try to sound bad tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to remember. Because I was going to shit on another band, but I didn't want to like... I mean, I, I obviously wasn't going to shit on a DIY band because they're all super good. And I thought it would be funny to shit on Green Day. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it you that got mad at me that I spelled it wrong? Oh, I think yeah, I think we were DMing, and I was like, only boomers spell it all one word. <laughs> See, I grew up with Green Day and shit. Yeah, I love Green Day. They're just not as good as Blink One Eight Two. Is it one word though, or is it two words? It, it is it's two, two words. It's two words. One word. Wow. Just to show you how much <laughs> people who capitalize Blink One Eighty Two and then remove the hyphen are also my enemy. That's insane. <laughs> I don't have that much time. <laughs> i'm surprised more people didn't come at me for that do we want to do the drama discussion okay i don't even know where would we even start what's been going on i, I think I, we should start I, I think we should just start at like the beginning of the week so i don't i think maybe we should not make this a recurring segment i mean to me the best way that i can describe this drama is it's all about that he said she said bullshit I think you better quit talking that shit or you're going to be leaving with a fat lip. It's one of those days. It's just one of those days. If I had to like pinpoint the genesis of it, like this yeah. week specifically, I think it would have started with, what's the name of that label? Flea Collar? Flea, uh, yes, Flea Collar Tapes. Flea Collar Tapes. Uh, yeah. They're the ones who put out the 100 Gex comp, correct? Yeah. Yeah, this is also where I was going to start. Yeah, they put out this this comp of DIY bands covering yes. 100 Gex songs. I know that. And so uh, this this person, Ashley, that me and For Your Health are, are friends with, they tweeted out, no more cover comps, please. And I, I don't even think it necessarily was specifically even about the 100 Gex comp. I think it was just about... Because also, wasn't there like a Rilo Kylie comp recently too? Um, I have no clue. All I know is about the Gex comp. I can't imagine DIY kids knowing about Rilo Kylie. I fucking love Rilo. How do you say it? Rilo Kylie. I say Rilo Kylie. Kylie. <laughs> um, so she tweeted, no more cover comps, please. Mm-hmm. And 
it just ignited a shitstorm of yeah. <laughs> just people like quote tweeting and replying and being like, here, hold this L for me. And <laughs> like one, she didn't get ratioed because she had more likes than replies. Like that's like the definition of not being ratioed. I, still, it just made me like very uncomfortable how it was basically like a bunch of bands like who are steadily gaining clout and their simps like basically like sending this horde against like this one person on Twitter. And it really like weirded me out. Mm-hmm. And I understand like because like I can look at it from the band's perspective, too. I do think like I probably also would have my feelings hurt a little bit mm-hmm. if someone talked shit about something that I put time and effort into doing. So I understand it from that perspective. But yeah. like if you're if you're going to do this whole anti-negativity shtick, then I mean, leave it alone. Just move on with your day mm-hmm. or else all you're doing is perpetuating the negativity. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I think it's an unhealthy mix of like, I love everyone in the scene. I'm, I'm like, I'm very like, I'm very close friends with like the flea collar tape gang. Like some of them live by me. So we hang out sometimes. But like, it's hard to act maturely when like you're not mature yet. Like a lot of these like flea collars like mostly under eighteen. They're like fifteen, sixteen. I know Jack Morris just turned eighteen. So it's like they've worked hard for what they have, but it's hard to say like they need to act perfectly while having this platform and still like I don't know, expecting them to be the chillest when they're not. Yeah, I, I mean, I do get that. Um, yeah. But I just think there was, like, such a lack of discussion. It was just people who wanted oh, yeah. to, like, yeah. get get their likes in by just dunking on this person. Mm-hmm. I know there was discussion eventually, but... There was discussion eventually. Like, I, I have never talked to Jack, like, before ever in my life. But, like, they replied to my tweet about the situation, just, like, mm-hmm. explaining why they were upset. And we had, like a nuanced conversation about it and now we're friends like it just felt i know it felt like there was like a weird power differential uh, it was it was it was a hundred percent like yeah like it was a bunch of people shitting on ashley because she had an opinion like i feel like any way you slice that it's like there's a lot of people coming after ashley just because like she put her word out there and like she didn't even like she didn't even say like the the gex comp was bad she just said she doesn't like cover comps yeah she didn't even at yeah. anyone. It yeah, wasn't and if, if you're gonna get like, talk shit. yeah, if you're gonna get upset about that, it's like that feels extreme to me. Well, yeah, this it, makes me think of like fragile. this makes me think of like everything that like Blade Brown used to say. Like Blade Brown was basically saying like Commander Salamander aren't aren't good, and everyone was like was like fuck you, that's our friends, and it's like okay, mm-hmm. if there's no difference here. Like people cannot like something. But yeah. like they're the but like Commander Salamander is like the popular band, so everyone's pulling up to say fuck you mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that Ashley didn't tag anybody or say anything, it just made it more like wild that people got so I guess like territorial or something about it. I don't um, know. That that was dumb. So people already had their hackles raised from that, and then <laughs> the very next day, Nate the mate. <laughs> who is you were public enemy number one basically mm-hmm. uh, posted a video 
where basically he just shouted out a whole bunch of DIY Twitter hype fans. And there's nothing wrong with that in the abstract, except, A, if you watch the video, he, like, didn't do any work at all. Like, yeah. when he talked Yo. about nice... Have we, have we about nice Ellie, is... did we talk about this? Yeah, I think we did. Um, it, the, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm so fucking mad now. He talked about nice, and he said, this band's name is nice. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, their, their name is nice. Ugh. Like, I literally thought there was going to be a laugh track. Um, yeah. And then he was like, I haven't listened to their album, but they put it out recently. And here's a song. Like, just like, so lazy. And the thing that made it seem really gross and calculated is that it comes after, like, he does all these videos, like, mm-hmm. about abusers. And he monetizes them and yeah. basically just, like, exploits the trauma takes mm-hmm. private screen like takes screenshots of people's like personal facebook accounts does not take it out or take down the video even when asked by people directly involved in the situation yeah. and relies on the clicks to make money from like the dedicated fan bases of these abuser bands mm-hmm. and I'm, yeah that one is still like his pinned tweet yeah you know yeah. like yeah. the first thing you go on Nate's page you see the video see i, I think know. this is my i mean my standpoint with that it's like if you're gonna make a video on on like bands about that have abusers in them, the tone needs to be very calculated. And I think one of the mm-hmm. things he takes the same tone that he has when talking about modern baseball and Marietta and applies that to or yeah. and it's like, I mean, if you're gonna talk about because I think in order to like educate people on things, you need to have a discussion. But at the same time, if the discussion's already been had and people don't want to have another one years later, like if you're going to do it, like like if you're going, if you're like this video has to be made, like everyone's telling me not to do it, this video has to be made. It's like at least be calculated with the tone, at least be very calculated on how you present the band because I think that's the issue. It's you're. I was watching the video and I'm like, yeah. Ah, I- it's- but yeah, last thing I'll say on the Nate the Mate thing uh, on the record is uh, I don't have any ill will towards any of the bands that were posted in the video. You know, good for them. And mm-hmm. I hope that the uh, the conversations between Eric and Nate are productive and that he yeah. rethinks his approach to some of these things. All right. So the most recent drama or like the one that I think is like by far the stupidest. Mm-hmm. is Chillwave posting the DIY2 lineup. <laughs> yeah. It's it's basically just like a collage of people and it was just like the first like 100 or so pictures that people responded to their tweet with for who wants to be in DIY2, which is just a giant inside joke. Mm-hmm. Um and then they posted it and people were like, "Why are there so many white people in this?" <laughs> <laughs> in this collage as if it was like a deliberate thing yeah um and what they don't know is that like the person who runs Chillwave, alex is a person of color and so like attacking him for like this this concept of excluding people of color from diy is just so like people people who were doing that should literally like check to see if their ass is not physically literally backwards on their body. Like, <laughs> just so fucking dumb. 
then on top of that some kid made like a like a troll account like this diy inclusivity account uh which a it's stunning to me that anyone could think it was not a joke because in the original (laughs) like thing that he posted he called diy a white (laughs) ethno state (laughs) (laughs) Didn't, didn't, didn't he didn't they call it a white ethno scene White ethno state is like the actual word that they used, and then yeah. people were like replying. People were like replying to him, and he was like, uh, "I don't know what a cuck is, but using racist language like <laughs> cracker is just not helping the situation." That was so funny. Wait, so that, that was like, or wasn't a joke? It, it was, was a joke. A, yeah, it's a joke. And okay. he was like posting stuff <laughs> like, "Yes, I play in a band with all white people. Am I happy about it? No." Uh, <laughs> He doesn't even play in a band with all white people. He doesn't play in any band, I don't think. No. Um, yeah, that's why it's like... It's like, I am pretty sure that I know who it is, but I don't want to... Do you want to go off the record real quick? Are we back again? Yeah, let's get yeah. back to it. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I can't stop talking. So DIY uh, inclusivity. Yeah, DIY... So the thing about it is mostly just, like, white DIY kids complaining about, like, there being too many white DIY kids... And I want to be, like, extremely unambiguous with what I say about this right now because I don't want this to be misconstrued or anything else. If you are white and instead of, like, supporting people of color in the scene, you are trying to make it about yourself and your opinions, you need to get down off of the cross that you have put yourself on and use the wood to build yourself a bridge and get the fuck over it. Yeah. Like, leave the fucking scene if, like, you think it's it's more important to complain than, like, do anything material to support the myriad people of color who are in the bands and in the scene. And don't fucking tokenize bands, and don't try and erase their presence by saying shit like DIY is all white like yeah yeah because it's not there are people of color in the scene and they like deserve your support Mm -hmm. you know yeah i i don't know that's why like i don't even think it's like funny diy inclusivity i think some of the things that they said was like the replies were funny but but the original like the original idea behind it i think i think the point was like to make fun of white kids complaining about white kids yeah Um, but I, it just wasn't executed very well in my no, yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I, I've seen, I've definitely seen a lot of like white people in the scene show their grievances like almost like selfishly about yes any wrongdoings, and it that feels so like slimy to me, where it's like every time something happens, and like there's always people like almost like. I don't know how you'd say, like, they're, like, self-hating on themselves when they didn't necessarily do anything wrong. They're just, like, I don't know. Just because they... Yeah. Patting themselves on the back. See, I I think, like, for me, like, I'm always separating the art from the artist. Like, that's what I'm always doing. Because, like, I'm going to be creating art regardless of anything. But if there's things happening socially, it doesn't, like, the art and, and that, like, like, they're separate. But it's not like one goes hand in hand. It's not like you need to, I guess, devalue things on your platform just because you have a platform. Like you mm-hmm. did, like just because you have a, a platform doesn't mean that you have to like 
make like like show how supportive you are like just because you have a platform i think actually supporting a movement like you don't need to use like like using your platform as a way to kind of like educate people great but trying to make other people feel bad because like they don't have a certain just because of a circumstance that they no one has control over or try to like i guess self-hatred to kind mm. of make them make yourself um, seem, I guess, more knowing. It's it's not yeah. helpful for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 what, tokenism, right? That's the word, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I so guess like, if I can react to this stuff properly, <laughs> like, is what is everyone's reaction to people being so sensational about it are people like trying to like put the fire out are they trying no, it's are, it's turned into like are meta they drama and then meta meta drama okay, so like it is just like popping up all these tiny fires now yes mm-hmm. like there's dramatic posts and then there's dramatic posts about the drama and then there's dramatic <laughs> posts about the dramatic posts about the drama mm-hmm. and it's just fucking absurd and like right. about this most recent thing in, in particular like again just instead of making it about yourself like what you can do is you know support like buy merch from fucking bands like amygdala support labels like solidarity club if you're in a band when we can start playing shows again alice hirsch is a really good photographer ask them to take pictures of your band Mm -hmm. like there's not like zero people of color participating in this scene and they're they don't have nothing to say they're not there to be fucking props for you to pat yourself on the back with how progressive you are Mm -hmm. it's like just it's like like i said it's like the social it's like if you believe in something socially you don't need to like tell people on your platform that you believe in it just like do it yeah Yeah. kind of like like if you like if you believe in this and you have to go rehearse at a rehearsal place look for a rehearsal space that is ran by um, primarily black owners or like 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 little things like that are, are more helpful to what's going on socially than saying that like all these like white people in these bands need to like I don't mm. even know just like that whole like kind of like making yourself look good yeah but they like, won't they won't get clout if they're not performative <laughs> exactly that's the whole that's the yeah. whole thing it, it's 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 not it's it's like just like yeah, it's that you it's that performative action that's kind of like the really you have to do something like you need to like either donate or like like let's say you can't donate like a thousand dollars right up front donate a little bit each week each little thing that you see donate a little bit because by the time by three months you donated all this money because you've been slowly donating like just all these little things that you can do do that don't like tell people about it because mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah, yeah. that's we'll why i don't be, on instagram uh, or anything like it's literally because it's like if you're experiencing life and you're living just do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right i think i got about 30 minutes left does that All work right. for the for yeah. the news part okay 30 minutes on the news mm-hmm. all right we're gonna race six topics here uh one of them is that there 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 is back the evan weiss and the insane guitarist and mike kinsella is not playing drums anymore i don't think i know who that is but they sound good wait they're they're there they're back wait how did this happen 
Evan Weiss where? posted on know. Instagram that uh, <laughs> they're uh, that they're working on an album. Oh fuck yeah! I am so excited. See, I always thought like I like this band and I like how showy they are, but I'm but like I couldn't like tell you how a single there 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 song goes. Yeah, I like the lyrics. To be honest, I feel like um I feel like. I can see why people don't like them, but like for me, I think there's like a lot of like cool wordplay that he uses, like specifically in like the lyrics. I'm also a guitar player, so like the guitar work is really cool. Yeah, it's um, by far the best part about that band. <laughs> there's also some like really really cool like odd time parts. Like mm-hmm. my the way that I I'm very into like the instrumentation and stuff, so like that's like such an important part for me. And there's some like really cool like set. There's this um, what's the? It's like the second song off that main record they put out. Is this like really cool like seven eight part that I'm like super obsessed with. There's like I, I just obsess over things like that, and they have a lot of those little moments. Also, Mike Kinsella, um, I'm a huge fan of his drumming. He's, he kicks ass. Just, wait, who's drumming for them now? I don't know. I just pulled up the Instagram post where they're like where they're where they announce that they're rehearsing or whatever. And I can't tell because he's wearing a mask. It's no. actually Sam Backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they said that they're recording an LP, which they, they just have two EPs, right? Yeah, I believe uh, so. Yeah, two smaller projects. Yeah. So I... Yeah, I mean, I actually like the Intuit Over It album more than I thought I would. I didn't like standards that much, but I don't know. I feel like Evan's kind of going back into all the stuff like with full force um like he put out a patreon for his record label where like he's going after and repressing a lot of stuff that needs to be repressed and stuff like that so i don't know i welcome evan back i'm excited for him yeah i don't know what like the discourse is in the local chicago scene um given like what went down with Evan like a couple years ago like yeah getting called out about the manager and stuff but i haven't heard much negative so uh i'm i'm kind of neutral on the on the topic of like him himself but i still love proper (laughs) (laughs) sea haven's back i've always felt like since everything went down with jesse lacy a couple years ago that if you want to listen to brand new without listening to brand new go listen to sea haven i feel like they have like similar vibes to the later stuff and i think also more recently guilt is another band that G-I-L-T is, a, is another band that like has that kind of like heavy, morose, melodic, post-hardcore vibe. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's real cool to see them back because they were like one of the biggest Tumblr bands back in that era. And I wish that like they had managed to capitalize more on their momentum. But the response has been pretty good. So I don't think they're going to end up like, like that band like Handguns where they used to be on top of the world with the Glamour Kills tour, and now they're playing, like, the saddest venues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask, like, Robbie and Vinny, do you to listen to Sea Haven? Because that was, like, because it's been, like, six or seven years, right? Since they put even, out something. I don't even know who Sea Haven is. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is, like, I've, yeah. I've listened to a song or two. I haven't gotten too deep into dis- their discography. Um, Are they, like, canceled or something? No. Oh, okay. Just the this way you was talking like, about them, seems like... This was, like, 2013, like, run for a cover, top of the world type of band. Like, like I always put oh, them so with Tiger's Jaw. 
I yeah. always like to link them with Tiger's Jaw. Like whenever I think of Sea Haven, I think of Tiger's Jaw and like. I think they're a bit more groovy than Tiger's Jaw. Oh, oh, I, I don't think they sound like Tiger's Jaw. I just associate them with like those type of bands, like that, like era mm-hmm. of like. Yeah. Like whenever I think of Sea Haven, I think of like uh, Tiger's Jaw, Title Fight, kind of like those bands, kind of mm-hmm. like all of that. Sound. Like. Yeah, I associate them a lot with Basement. Yeah, yeah, same here. Or balance of composures. I, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. they're back with their first full length since twenty fourteen. Uh, wow. That's when Reverie Lagoon came out wow. on Run for Cover. They're releasing it on Pure Noise now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I watched the videos in the song. And I was like, these guys couldn't possibly look more like douchebags. They all had like <laughs> army brat haircuts. They all had like tattoos. High and tight haircuts. I didn't like the song either. <laughs> oh no, I, I I really like their earlier stuff, but I actually still haven't listened to the new song. I need to get into like that old like Tiger's Jaw stuff. I don't. I've only listened to, like Plane versus Tanks or whatever of like Tiger's Jaw stuff. You never Can listened say- to uh, Never Saw It Coming. I don't know. Is that an album? That's the last song off of the Pizza album. Mm, no, I haven't even listened to Pizza album. Damn, jeez! I yeah. saw them play that in full at a 10th anniversary show in Long Island, where they played oh, that whole album in full. Yeah, I literally like I don't listen to music that isn't DIY. <laughs> there was straight up like a fight that happened in the pit when I saw them do that 10 year anniversary tour. Texas <laughs> 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 Jaw is one of those bands where like they sound so soft, and then like their crowds are just fucking wild, like zero etiquette. Yeah, <laughs> I, the, the first time I saw them was right before touche played a headlining show and like the crowd was like like uncontrollable but like it makes sense because it's a touche crowd i saw them at i i think i saw them on that tour was dad's opening yep went with my first girlfriend to that to that show and yeah we like kissed during tiger's john then got like knocked apart (laughs) (laughs) i listen to american red ass all the time it's a serious problem shit twins is a perfect song it really is lyrically. It's one of the most. It's such a beautiful song, and I'm pretty sure it was. It was. It was a high school poem. Damn. Pretty sure that's how it started. That whole. That whole song. If your song has the word beach in the title, I'm not listening. Let's go to <laughs> beach. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really curious to see about like Sea Haven and shit because it's like I assume that the kids haven't really listened to them, so I don't know if. Yeah, you would assume right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy to me because i was like what like 22 when reverie lagoon came out and shit like that so how old are you kyle i'm 29 i'm too old for this truly <laughs> i'm, I'm 24 like, yeah i'm you're like the same the age as dina long. everyone was talking at uh, once there uh, yeah <laughs> I, kyle you're the you're the same age as dina okay and so i'm not alone yeah <laughs> i'm i'm 24 and before dina gets canceled i i honestly like so dina is is mexican and she wants to celebrate uh dia de los muertos this year Mm -hmm. and i like am so excited like to post like the ofrenda and have people accuse me of cultural appropriation (laughs) that's going to be so funny you got a good like pronunciation going on there oh it's because i am from las vegas and just grew up around like so many like latino people and and black people and like i have a lot of like people who are not actually related to me but uh my my parents just call them like 
my cousins and yeah mm-hmm. yeah um yeah just like lots of like mexican and chilean like family mm-hmm. friends and stuff i have a, a an auntie lena in florida that we call tia lena <laughs> yeah all right 20 minutes we got it <laughs> joan of arc is breaking up their final album is coming out in december and their statement basically said that joan of arc is no longer sustainable which is surprising because it's like i wouldn't think anyone in joan of arc is paying their bills with joan of arc money yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> that band is like deliberately like so inaccessible and trolly yeah. like i have to imagine it's like a money losing venture <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh, they're the that that band is so strange like i saw them um i actually opened for american football when i saw them and with when they had uh that person with the prop guitar yeah that's i saw them with that once like what the fuck is going on (laughs) and tim is tim is absolutely insane in a good way i love tim is like i look up to tim um the way that he views art he's very very flamboyant in the way that he performs and i love it and that honestly like 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 when he was throwing french horns around and shit like he literally chucking french horns around like Mm -hmm. in the crowd just throwing french horns i was like what is going on that's so sad they're breaking up but why are they breaking up i thought they were like (laughs) not a real band yeah yeah there's that and i mean i think tim this year like committed to doing like bands and music and art full time and i think him and his partner moved i think to greece for some like like residency of some sort and because someone wrote this piece about how like they literally got on the last plane out of the country to come back for because covid and yeah and i think his like his project was with with his partner good fuck was like kind of taking off oh yeah like that so i i'm just reading into it and good fuck is so weird it's so weird it's cool it's like industrial it's it's like it's like legitimately like hard um but yeah, I don't know. I, I just assumed that Joan of Arc would never break up. Yeah, I thought they were going to be like, you know, the indie rock terrorists for like the next 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't they don't they have like a zero from Pitchfork for live in Chicago or live in Chicago? Live in Chicago because they, yeah. it was the album. Because that they all the all members lived. lived in Chicago. It's so funny. <laughs> That's all you need to know about that band. Yeah. Uh, but a portable model of and how memory works are both really good albums. Yep. yep. I love a portable model of. That's that's actually one of my very important records for me in realizing, like when it comes to like guitar playing, because when you listen to those riffs, it's like it's like someone who didn't know how to play guitar wrote music and then practiced the shit out of the fucking guitar. Yeah. It's like that's what I always got the vibe of. It's like, why is he playing that? Like, it doesn't sound good at all, but he's practiced it. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) I've also loved how Tim is like, very obviously like a literature nerd. Like Mm. there's that one lyric that's like, uh, in the room, the women come and go talking of DiCaprio. That's like a rip from like T.S. Eliot's love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Like the original line is, uh, they come and go speaking of michelangelo like <laughs> that's such a cool little easter egg i love that that's actually so sick i think that's the brilliance in in tim kinsella's writing is in the absurdity is where you find the true 
where you really find the the truth. Like like I think I was this interview with Cap and Jazz, and I think someone asked Victor Villarreal. They were like, "Yo, like if you had to play in a venue, where would you play? Like if you had to pick a dream place, you'd be like you know, I would I would love to just play in a forest and like play somewhere that like music wouldn't be played." Like, because you go to a show and, like, you expect to hear music. But, like, if you're in the forest, you don't expect to hear music. And I'm like, you're so fucking right. <laughs> Out of all the weird things that you do with, like, making art and just all the weird things, all your weird decisions and idiosyncrasies is where the beauty and the really cool stuff comes out. Especially if you listen to, like, Joan of Arc. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And then there's a really cool moment that happens. And you're like, oh, okay. That's what's going on. Yep. <laughs> But I okay, so I just thought maybe Joan of Arc breaking up is them trolling us. That would be really <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's that's actually probably what's gonna happen. It's like an owls thing. Yeah, true. We're breaking up. Here's the next three albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we wrote them they, in five hours. They put out like an Uno Dos Tre trilogy. <laughs> um, um, we we don't have much time. We gotta we gotta blitz. Let's through the, these okay. last Chatterbot Records is seizing their operations. Um, uh, Lexbot posted a video kind of detailing what happened or what's been happening in the past couple months. And uh, she basically can't commit to Chatterbot. And um, I don't know. I think it's a big bummer. And uh, it, it's super personal video. I'm not going to try and like pick it apart or anything because yeah. it, it's... Yeah. That doesn't need to happen. But yeah, you really should just watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's on her Twitter still. I think it's pinned. Um, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that she's putting her health first. Um, mm-hmm. So she's got nothing but support from the E-Word crew. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I just, like, real quick want to say, like, the eulogy for Chatterbot Records for me is going to be there is not one fucking person in the scene who can in good faith deny that Lex gave so much of her fucking self to the scene and continues to like, she's so fucking dedicated and so smart and so hardworking. And, uh, this is a, this is a real big blow. I think I, I am actually like on the verge of crying right now. Yeah. God, that's sad. I fucking miss Lex. Lex used to be like local and then she moved and I'm sad. We used to like. Of... She used to work at GameStop, so we used to go to that GameStop a lot. <laughs> That's so rad. I've learned yeah. a lot about like just like no. DIY culture from Chatterbot. That was kind of like coming up and learning about like the real like like I said when I found my my friend's band Reasons, I didn't know there were bands that made music like that. I literally thought that every Twinkle band broke up. I just didn't think that like I just was uneducated. <laughs> So then when I started like finding these bands, it was the Chatterbot was like kind of the gateway to those yeah. bands. And yeah, like and then not even just that, like the way that Chatterbot was the way that Lex ran ran the label, she was just like super professional. Yeah. While also being like it's DIY. And I think mm-hmm. like if you look at like like um, there's an old like Algernon video where it's like it's I think it's called some kind of documentary or some kind of like something like that. And it's like they're just like talking about like making T-shirts. It's the same DIY ethic, but at the same time, they're not talking about like 
promoting the band. They're just like, yeah, we're making T-shirts and we go from here to here. Chatterbot was like, yeah, we we do we we make T-shirts, we do that, but it's like we have releases, we like schedule things, we are mm-hmm. a label. It's like, sure, we're DIY, but like we have the resources to make it look like cool. And to me, that was like, oh wow, like I kind of. I have to put effort in this. Let me go. And then I talked to Robbie and I'm like, Hey, we want to run the Twitter. It's like, it's, it's such a, it's like, it's all connected. Like, um, it's, 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 it's sad, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's, it's really important that she takes care of herself. I mean, that's obviously mm-hmm. the most important thing, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I like look at how many labels get announced and they put out one, record and then we might go 14 months without with with like chatterbot it was constant the work ethic was insane yeah yeah and every every time i saw her at like a show she was always just like she was very sociable she was like like you know everyone wants to talk to lex of course but she was always like writing in her like notebook and like even when we'd like hang out at houses after each show like she'd always just be like you know always like putting down ideas and like working on chatterbot stuff the the work ethic is like actually fucking insane mm-hmm. i my, think uh, my sorry go ahead Kyle. I, I think like she did like an instagram story where she was taking questions and someone's like do you have any advice for having a record label or marketing or something like that and she was like have a thousand ideas and maybe you commit to like three of those and like yeah. that's what chatterbot was i was like yeah that's awesome amazing advice that's that's literally what i stand by (laughs) yeah i think one of my biggest regrets is when uh when i saw origami angel and stars hollow out here in austin uh i think you can find the video on twitter of me doing screams with tyler like during the like uh during xd gale of darkness by origami angel Mm -hmm. Um, and there's like a picture of me, Tyler, and Ryland all doing the hard style stance. And I just really wish that Lex was in that picture. That would have made it perfect. <laughs> People don't realize I... doing band stuff's hard. Yeah. Shirts, yeah. It's so stressful. It's like... Yeah, we've been working on fucking merch for like months. Five months? I don't know. I'm yeah, so... a while. That's why when that... I give her props like to do all of that. It's like it takes so much fucking... For me, at least, it takes a lot out of me. All right, the hospital bracelet has signed to counterintuitive records. Oh fuck yeah! I'm so happy for them. I think that's huge to go from like unsigned to counterintuitive, right? Uh, third row. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> so oh, unsigned. Un- <laughs> 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 you right. No, yeah, that it's fucking insane. Yeah, but it it also makes sense. I feel like everyone is behind them, so. I'm not saying management is behind them. I'm saying like they've got like yeah. fucking the whole DIY scene rooting for them. Total. I don't, I don't think I know anybody who doesn't like Hospital Bracelet. I love them. They got, I think it's like P Daddy, where like everyone fucking loves Prince Daddy. Yeah. Yes. I love Prince song? Daddy and I hate their fans, but <laughs> I mostly like other Hospital Bracelet fans. Um, I think <laughs> that band is so talented at hooks and mm-hmm. like especially like vocal hooks. Really good lyrics just like really creative catchy song structures and eric has so much swag and prowess (laughs) and prowess it's unreal (laughs) i I think the way that 
Eric uses their voice, like it's like there's this weird like like misty quality. Like my favorite song is Chocolate Milk. That's like my my favorite song ever. There's these like little like whispers at the end of each vocal line, and I've like never heard anyone do that before, and it's just so amazing. I mean. I think the cool coolest part about Hospital Bracelet is there's like a song for everyone, especially like I, the new stuff. The new album's going to be really sick, but it's mm-hmm. like with that new album that's going to come out mixed with like the amazing discography that's already there. It's like I've, I've already I've heard some songs off that new one, and it's it's so. How, good. Where did you hear these? Well, you you should Robbie, you should you should the ones you showed me. Oh, okay. I wonder <laughs> if there's new ones out there. I want the new. Eric, if you're listening, can you please send me the new? My favorite song of theirs is uh, "Sober Haha JK on Less." Yeah, I think that's like such yeah. a perfect song. Same. That's yeah. such a great song. Yeah, I hope we get music soon because I have, I I have not heard anything from the LP. Yeah. Damn. Fuck COVID. I want to see Hospital Bracelet live. Same. Um, and then the other thing, just continuing counterintuitive talk, is that they mailed a thousand free State Lines records for their five-year anniversary, and that's just an extremely not normal thing to do. Like, yeah, like mailing, what, pressing one thousand records, and then shipping costs at least like three dollars and twenty cents for one record. Like, that's insane. Like, I don't know how they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. It's for freaking classic Long Island band. Hell yeah. Are they? Classic. Well, not they're from Long Island, but um, at least like I kind of one of the first bands that I found that was like, oh, well, after I found Reasons, one of the other bands I was like, found Driver, and I was like, oh, this is this is really this is pop punk, and then I um, continued listening, and I and then that that song Cancer is absolutely like almost yeah. as good as the MyChem song Cancer. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I could have come up with a better title. Yeah, I love counterintuitive. Like, there's nothing bad that you can say about them. Yeah, I just re-listened to you guys' episode with uh, Lee, or um, Claudio, and I guess counterintuitive was just like just starting on the up and up. So it was really weird hearing because now counterintuitive is like on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was really odd hearing you talk about like counterintuitive, like they're this like small label. I don't know. It was eerie. How's the episode that we did with Jake? I don't even it's remember just... doing that really. I was I re- so sick. Yeah. I I was like passing out like from a headache like the entire last hour of that episode. I just it was remember... really good. Was it good? Okay. Cause yeah, yeah, it was all... really good. I remember just like talking about our emo and like, okay, why do people hate mom jeans and stuff? And he was like, I mm-hmm. think I think it's just the our emo connection and stuff like that. Also hearing Jake talk about Prince Daddy, like they're not the biggest band in the world yet. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. It, it was just really like, it was very nice hearing Jake and Counterintuitive be this small label. And now like listening back on it, they're like the biggest. No, literally, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's their name. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick last note, I think, because Kyle has to sign off very soon. Uh, but one piece of news that I forgot about, um, fucking Chill Wave is putting out new California Cousins record. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I saw really? like, a post about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I'm so happy that, that we're getting more Cali Cousins material. 
because Distant Relatives is such a fucking great record. So good. Just like so moshy and dancey, yet like poppy and catchy at the same time. Yeah. God, I fucking love that band. That came out in 2018. Why does that seem like it was like four years ago? Distant Relatives? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that came out like last year. No. No, 2018. I don't know. I know because I was still working at Coffee Bean when it happened. And Claudio, well, I was on like a smoke break and Claudio sent me like a SoundCloud of, of the record. And I listened to it and was like, this band should be on top of the fucking world. Yeah. Well, I'll properly wrap up, wrap up the episode by saying thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Vinny. It's great to have you two on the pod. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming on. We love you guys. And, um, I'll DM you the PayPal info just so uh, we can get that squirt away. <laughs> um, the wrap up. But like for real, thanks for supporting the E-Word. I know that y'all have been listening. I know Vinny, you even did the paywall stuff. So that's awesome. That <laughs> Way, way before I was in this band, this was kind of like this podcast was kind of my gateway into like how that's people so cool. in the scene think. Mm-hmm. So it was very much like, like I remember uh, finding your podcast and listening to which episode was the one that did it for me. I'm trying to remember, but I like there's so many episodes that I like I listened to more than once just because of how influential like, the snowing episode that like the questions <laughs> like you got everything out of that record. Somehow yeah. you created an environment where they were all like reminiscing like they were like 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 they're all old pals because they are old pals. And they literally like, cried. <laughs> John mm-hmm. Gaum cried. Yeah, yeah. like that's were, that's how you know you're doing a good job. Can I say you guys are the reason that like I have so much social anxiety in this scene because I listened to the podcast before I entered. So now I hold like Tyler and like Ryland and like all of Comma Salad on like this super high pedestal. <laughs> so it's like, oh, they're on they're on the E word. I can never talk to them. <laughs> now you've been on the E word, and you can. And now yeah. they, and now now people they never talk, talk to, to me. <laughs> We're, we're, we're for all famous. I gotta stop liking too many posts on Twitter. <laughs>